0: Hello and welcome back to Talking Bollocks, your favourite podcast with the word bollocks in. Hi, I'm your host, Howard H. Smith, like I am every week. If this is your, well, every episode, it's not every week really, is it? And if this is your first visit, well, you know, welcome, where have you been? I expect you to be a regular from now on. But first of all, I would like to thank all of my patrons. That's right, this podcast like... All other podcasts has got a Patreon page and rather than encouraging you all to sign up I just want to thank all of you who have because it's it's really appreciated, it helps keep the show going, it helps keep me going um, and hopefully you're enjoying it as well. I mean, I one of the most common comments I get is um, from people who sign up, bloody hell I should have done this ages ago. For instance, at the moment there's an exclusive Jason Newstead um, bit of... Uh, content on the Patreon page, which nobody has because I interviewed Jason newstead for the Motocast, which is another podcast I host, in case you didn't know that. Um, so you get all sorts of amazing stuff like that, $6 a month, patreon.com forward slash Howard H Smith. Right, got that out right at the top. Thank you to those who are already on Patreon. You are very cool and it is really appreciated. So... Um yeah, singing so Ashley Rain, do stand-up comedy, whatever, you know, this podcast, Motorcast, The Reducer, etc., etc. Let's get fucking stuck in to what has been going on in the world of metal since last we spoke. Well, I have mentioned this chap and this band on this podcast over the years quite a lot. Um, and despite the fact that I'm not keen on the band, um, Well, I'm just going to come out and say it. It's another little bit of a chat with Jacoby Shaddix on brand new Papa Roach music. It's heavy, it's in your face, it's aggressive, and it's pummeling. Well, I hope it is. And I hope people who like um, Papa Roach... But the one thing I've always said about this band, right, is they're still going. They're still going, and there's got to be something in that. Also, apparently, you know, well, Jacoby always seems like a really sound geezer. Um, I remember um, Jamie Jaster talking about him, saying, like, you know, he's a proper dude. He'd come off stage and help with... and just, like, jump straight in and help with the loadout and, you know, humping gear around. Um, and, and, you know, I like stories like that. And there's just something about Papa Roach. They just won't go away. A bit like a cockroach. Yes, make your own joke, insert it here. But you know like corn they are still going still putting albums out so like them love them or loathe them there's there's got to be something in it and i just think yeah fair fucks to you why not why not now from a band still going regularly putting out material to i think you might you might regular listeners might know where i'm going with this system of a down plays first concert of 2023 at Sick New World Festival in Las Vegas Well Yeah, whatever I mean, I'm looking at the I, I'm looking at the, um, the set list here And just thinking, bloody hell I haven't played any of these songs for years Never mind seen a, seen a band play them live Um, Yeah, I just really don't have I don't have any enthusiasm for System of a Down As I'm sure regular listeners know Um Yeah it's, um, in fact this is a great quote from one of the band members I think at the end of things When we're old and grey we're going to look back And it'll be like fuck we were idiots For not taking the time and seizing the day I believe in seizing the day in everything I do And that's what I do That's why I'm so busy nowadays Except obviously not in System of a Down Like I said I'm telling you here There's nothing that, that's happened that can't be worked out So I always have hope I'm doing everything uh, um, uh, knowing that System's not dead it, And it hasn't been dead Right. So, that's Charvo talking. But, um, yeah, you know, System of a Down bothered anybody? Anyone? Would, would, would we be up for new music? Would we even know what, you know, whatever. OK, next up, least surprising um, news story. It's not even news, really, is it? But, you know, Blood mouth's full of stuff that's not, not even news. Robert Trujillo names his favourite Metallica album. Ooh. Hey? the tension is building oh good lord can you imagine hey can you guess yeah yeah it's master of puppets yeah yeah it's um it's master of puppets of course it is it's everyone's there you go it's it's Kirk's it's Robert's there you go simple as that oh dear hey never mind so anyway next up friend of the show and about to deliver a book in fact by two friends of the show, okay, because Des Farah has come out with a well, is coming out with a, an autobiography called Loco, um, and that book was put together in association. Is that the best way of, best way of putting it? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, it's with Joel McIver. Other friend of the show, so in other words, two people who've been on the show before, Um, but that should be really, really cool. I'm really looking forward to that. It's called Loco, Chaos, Calamity, and Cold Chamber, (laughs) and Cold Chamber have just played their um, played their first gig for about eight years as well. So um, it's nice to see Des back and alive. That book is coming out on uh, September the fifth. Loco, Chaos, Calamity, and Cold Chamber. That's that is going to be definitely worth a fucking read and no doubt i'm gonna to need to get des and indeed joel on the show to have a chat about it okay from one great metal singer to another dolly parton reveals guest release date and track listing for upcoming rockstar album now i i was totally unaware of this but boy is this a long fucking album from what I can gather. One, two, three, four. I should have done this before. There's a lot of fucking songs, all right? But here are the names that are involved Richie Sambora, Sting, Steve Perry, Anne Wilson, Howard Leese, John Fogerty, Kid Rock, Stephen Tyler, Warren Haynes, Stevie Nix, Waddy Watchell, Peter Frampton, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, Chris Stapleton, Miley Cyrus, Pink, Brandy Carlier, Kevin Cronin, Debbie Harry, Elton John. Melissa Etheridge, Lizzo, and Sasha Flute, uh, Rob Halford, Nikki Sixx, John Five, Simon Le Bon, Linda Perry, Emma Lou Harris, Cheryl Crow, Pat Benatar, Neil Garaldo, Michael McDonald, Roddy McDonald, special guest Jordanaires, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Peter Frampton, Mick Fleetwood, Ronnie Van Zant, Gary Rossington, Artemis Pyle, and. The Artemis Pyle Band. Funny, because I haven't heard of those right at the end there, right after Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Mick Fleetwood, Peter Frampton and Robbie Van Zandt. But anyway, it doesn't matter. What a fucking list! What a li- As I was reading that out, I was just thinking, is this a wind-up, though? You know? And it's just the all-powerful power of Dolly. She is fucking amazing. She really is. She is. Um, she is a musical icon. I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show before. That she spent a week travelling around Cleveland. Yes, that's you know sort of Middlesbrough, all that. Driving around Cleveland, going into schools and reading to um, the young classes. Okay, now and she was invited. This was a reading, Torica. I don't mean Donny Parton just drove around in a van on her own around Cleveland, just piling into schools. Hey there, Dolly here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell some stories to your Uh Yeah, well, how oh, are hey, Dolly? Like, uh, it's uh, are you fucking serious? Like, we're in the middle of exams here, you know. <laughs> just. Dolly, Dolly, this is this episode's Jean um, and Paul Stanley as you know um, uh, Rick and Vivian in the Young Ones. This is this is just madness. This is just Dolly Parton driving around the Northeast, calling into schools and uh, and reading books. She really did do this. So I'm not I, I'm not going to turn this into a load of bollocks. But um, yeah, she really did do it. She's fucking awesome, Miss Dolly Parton. Anyway, um, next up unreleased Ronnie James Dio and Doug Aldrich song collaboration to finally see light of day next year get in hey no fucking no 3d hologram version of a new song a fucking new song hey you're not gonna have to redo the eyes on the face of your dead husband okay none of that it's absolutely real Ronnie Dio coming next year fucking awesome hang in for that um and, um, well, make sure you get to see some 41 on the road on their tour. It's now their farewell tour. Indeed, they have announced that they are jacking it in. They have got a whole album tour coming out and everything else. But it's this is it. So go for it. You know, get along if you can. I'm sure it'll be a blast. And finally, finally, finally. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. Um, Well, it's not ridiculous, but, you know, someone had to say it, actually say it, and it's Dave O'Lefson. It's fucking pathetic that Mustaine is still bitching about his dismissal from Metallica 40 years later. I mean, someone had to say it, didn't they? And it turns out it's O'Lefson. Yeah. Um, I mean, it... (laughs) Oh dear. Anyway. Um he responded when asked about his treatment by the band when he left, I got one call, you're fired, he laughs. And I said, What the fuck, man? Some shitty fucking people just dropped a bomb on my house, and that's it. It's not even true. It's fucking bullshit. And this is how you treat me? It was non negotiable. I mean I asked I said, I'm gonna take care of it. Let me deal with it and and it will be fucking done. We'll be ready to go on the road in two months and everything will be fine. And it was because it was just false allegations and bullshit. But Dave didn't want to know about it. I think he's getting pressure from some other people around him, and it's too bad it went it went that way because it was really nothing. Mm, okay, I took care of it, and then once the word uh, and then once the word came out that I was fired, then it turned into this big fucking thing, which, quite honestly, was very damaging and very hurtful and not fair. I'm glad I don't have that fucking amends on my shoulder because that was fucked up. Look, I have no choice but to have to forgive uh, forgive it so I can move on. I really don't. So I don't know more what to say about it other than that. Look, at some point the damage was done, so you move. On. we're all human and it is what it is you can't lament it i've watched how he's treated his dismissal from metallica still bitching about it 40 years later and i think it looks fucking pathetic and it's like you know what Fix your shit and move on. And that's how I've chosen to deal with it. Fix your shit and move on. And that's why I put four records out in the time uh, the last fucking Megadeth record came out. And I think every one of them is good or, if not better than the last Megadeth record. All right, get a bit far. I think the quality and part of it is I'm working with great people. Whether they're famous or not, doesn't matter. I'm working with good people. They're safe, they're reliable, and they're truly men of integrity. And I think that's really makes a difference. I feel safe around them and the creative process is fun. It's not restrictive, It's uh, it's unlimited. And so his creative explosion has happened. And again, listen, I'm not trying to be in 85 bands. Believe me, I'm not. But it's interesting that there was a sort of post uh, megadeth season here where all these records came out, and rather than try to limit them and restrict them, I'm like, fuck it, put them out, let's go. In a lot of ways, it's turned out okay. It's been fine, and I'm okay. People ask, and I'm like, I'm okay. It was a kind of weird ending. Do you know what? I think he's okay. <laughs> I think that's what he's trying to tell us. Although, you know, beware people telling you they're okay it usually means they're not okay, or it could mean that they're okay. In this case, I think he's okay. But um, I, yeah, that's none of that is a is a surprise for a, for a minute. I mean, and also none of it is a surprise that um, it's fucking pathetic that McStay is still bitching about his dismissal from Metallica forty years later. It's not a surprise that, that is the clickbait headline. And it's actually just, you know, it's a sentence from a a much longer statement. But as as I'm reading out there and I'm sure as you're listening, you're thinking, yeah, that's that's pretty much fucking spot on, actually, there. He's right. Yeah. The old uh, naughty priest. (laughs) Um, He's yeah. You know, the bass playing bungler. He's right. He is actually right. You know? And he's just like, you know what? Fix your shit and move on. (laughs) Fucking hell. Well, it's just a shame that that conversation was never had in Megadeth, because then Dave really would um, have, you know, definitely been completely expecting (laughs) the sack. But, um, yeah, that is just fucking... That's just bizarre that... Can you imagine being, can you imagine? It's like, I'm sure some of you like know people who are still bitching about like relationships that they like haven't been in for years now. Or bitching about getting sacked from a job or something like that. And they're Dave Mustaine. Okay. So whoever it is in your life. Yeah. Mustaine them. Just give them the tag. The Mustaine tag. Tell all your friends. Let them know. It's Mustaine from now on. why are you calling me that because you still haven't because you still won't shut up about that thing that you should have got over and you it's it's fine as i've always said it's fine having shit on you yeah we've all got shit on us just don't get your shit on other people okay that's life tip number one (laughs) anywho um it's time for an interview and what can i say This was so much fun. Happening late at night after I'd done a show and uh, Craig had spent a very long time um, doing press with the whole of the world. And then we got to have a chat. He made extra time, which was fantastic. Um, uh, We got to do it on Zoom. So if you want to watch the video, now is the time to nip over to the um, Talking Bollocks YouTube channel and you can watch the whole interview on video. However, for those of you that are not going to do that, they're going to listen in the old audio fashion. Here is a most enjoyable chat with the lovely Craig Lo Cicero of Forbidden. So, Craig, hi there.
1: <laughs> hey, man. It's been hey. a, uh, not quite a million years.
0: Yeah, it's been. And, like, I, I'm sure listeners won't believe this. I couldn't really believe it. I contacted you to do this because. I couldn't believe it. it had been nine years since i had you on and then yeah. and then the, the the forbidden news broke so i was kind of like hmm you know this is this is just meant to be
1: Serendipity,
0: yeah what, one of those dippity's
1: well i mean you know just like i i didn't think this was going to happen until you know an email arrived that finally flicked the switch what i knew would to be a possibility you know this whole thing with uh norman skinner so uh, yeah it's it's weird how stuff just kind of finally finally pushes through you know like it doesn't make sense until it all makes sense and then you're like oh because that was the last guy out of the the five of us that are playing together now that was really on board with this um you know norman wasn't going to push it but there's a story unto itself so we can get get into any order you want to go but it's you, we... so
0: no, it's it's so cool. I mean, I I was thinking before we did this, I was thinking like you know when we had that chat nine years ago, and and at that time, like the last thing on my mind was like acid rain ever ever being a thing again, and and forbidden was the last thing on your mind ever being a thing again, um and you know, we've put now bands back together, tour albums out, stuff like that. You guys are, are now back together but you've also done so much in the meantime as well
1: i have done a lot yeah
0: yeah we've got a lot to catch up on um i mean besides the forbidden stuff you know me i'm i am i gonna rabbit hole on something that is like completely irrelevant but you were working with peter dolving at one time and yeah he's a, i was he's a, yeah. he's a bit of a favorite vocalist of mine from mine like, too yeah, from, from Mary Beats Jane days. And you had you you had a some really interesting, I think it was on the Jasta podcast where you you had a really interesting chat. And um I realized that was a long time ago, but you know, what exactly happened with that? And have have you ever have you ever had any contact with him, you know, since?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um it was well, first of all, it was a dream of mine to have a singer that was fearless like Peter Dolby, you know. Um yeah there you know he's one of a kind i i love the art i love the artist i i love his heart i think he wears it on his sleeve uh he's made questionable decisions in his past career before i ever came aboard you know and and came in but but you know once you talk to him you realize that that's all what you know it's just what he had to deal with and you know i mean you got to respect the man you just have to if you to know to know Peter is to actually love him and adore him and i can imagine years and years of of you know the true artist that he is the tortured artist getting you know grinding the guys in the haunted down i could get it you know but i i was just excited to create something with him and what we did admit or you know when we first started dressed to dead it was like so exciting because him and i are just talking via you know facebook and emails and i'm telling him you know who i'm going to get in the band and you know, that I got these guys and this guy was with me here, Forbidden, and this guy was with me in Man Made God, and then I got this guy who's a sound collage. It was just exciting, dude. And he, yeah. fun, You know, we sent him some music and then he started sending ideas back. And the other guys, you got to understand this, the other guys in the band, all three of them, were not hip to... I mean, Mark knew who he was because he liked uh, The Haunted and his favorite album of The Haunted was... Uh, <laughs> when
0: what he was doesn't the last sing
1: one? on. No, the one he says sing on it uh, oh, was the last one
0: the ver- was,
1: uh, verses unseen
0: unseen was the last yes. one yeah yeah, yeah he loved one, yeah.
1: that album yeah and I'd, good I'd album. turned him on to him. but he didn't know him so fast forward uh we you know we find we're, we're we're demoing with rob Flynn. uh you know he recorded all the music we sent it to peter peter started sending demos and rob's like, i don't know you know he's like i i don't know i'm like i know you know, I, I know. <laughs> yeah it, it, it's like I, you know, because he really respected Peter, but he was afraid he was going to do something unpredictable. But he came here and he was wonderful. And the guys of the band fell in love with him immediately, like like, you know, real bro, man crush, like, oh my God, he's great. He's open. he's open hearted because the thing there's to be in a band with somebody who's open hearted is always something for me. It doesn't always doesn't always happen. People say they are,
0: but Peter is. The, the, the words yeah the, the words you want to hear out of someone's mouth is let's give it a try
1: yeah but he well he came in and he stayed at my house uh it was really interesting because he was allergic to pets so we had to get an rv for him to sleep out front uh was, luckily my bass player had one so he parked an rv out in front of my house and we did vocals over a few days and he blew everyone's mind including rob rob was like okay this is special you know this is really great and then uh we played two shows with death angel he got a concussion the first night right before we walked on stage uh my bass player accidentally hit him in the head with his headstock and uh yeah it was it was like a a crazy bunch of circumstances but by the time we were done uh, the demos finished being mixed we were all like on the moon just so happy everyone was excited he went home he was excited he he was texting me telling me i want to come out for you know, a week or two at a time so we can work on playing the stuff live and get it going. And then, like, one morning I woke up and he had put a the whole diatribe on Facebook out. he, you know, came very close to killing himself and he just has to give up on the dream of music. He has too many things going on in his life. I think the strain of having people to, needing to depend on him with all the ailments, like the body stuff he has going on, you know, vertebrae is being replaced, hips, like he's... He's damaged himself being so insanely amazing live that, you know, Yeah. so he was, he was, he was damaged dude. And, uh, and I love him and I never stopped loving him, but we were all shocked. We we're like, yeah. Oh, why did you do that on Facebook? You know, especially because the day before we were making plans, but when people are going through stuff like that, you have to take a step back and, and just go, you know what, man, I respect that they are going through it. And I, and, yeah. and, you know, I'll adore the man forever, dude. I, and he knows that, you know. He knows that.
0: I mean And, and in that kind yeah. of situation as well, you're, you're right. You 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 have to realize that no matter how hurt or upset you are, it's it's not about you. It's about someone who's nope. going through something clearly yeah. major. Yeah. But you know, to, to to be completely forthright and
1: honest, I mean, we all had our different <laughs> stages of this rocket ship that fell off, you know. Like it gets sent into the stratosphere. You quit on Facebook, and you know, and then then we're all we've all got to deal with the the, the feelings. And those guys got their hearts broken. They just met him, you know. They're like, oh, I just fell in love. You know, I'm like, dude, I've known him for years, and I'm hurt. Yeah. And then Rob was like, Rob was angry because he put his time into it, and he was super pissed. And you know, he didn't have that feeling of of uh, camaraderie and love that we had. He was just like, this dude just wasted my time you know yeah so there was like yeah. a lot of different different stages to it and then Rob's come around since that he realizes you know that uh you got to respect somebody's mental stabilities and you know he was going through a lot of personal stuff at home you know things that aren't really any of our business and you just have yeah. to respect it
0: yeah yeah no absolutely well uh, I mean thanks for saying that but I, I mean I it's, it's a heartbreaking story I wasn't even involved but it's it's It's, I I feel for everybody involved. Nobody comes out of that well. Well, yeah,
1: it took, on top of that, we couldn't find a great singer for, you know, damn near nine months, uh, you know, because it has to after you have Peter, it's like, you know, like Icarus, dude, you know, you get so close to the sun because he's such an artist. And what he did in 1969 alone, you know, his original version of that first song that we put out was so spectacular and, his you know t- tuned into the collective conscience of not just you know uh you know europe and and sweden where he's from but america and the upcoming election because it was right before uh right it, we, we were writing that song right before trump was elected and then we finished it right when he was you know he was gonna get sworn into office like you know a few weeks later so he saw it all coming and he nailed it down and, and, it, and it was a vessel for him to like really paint that picture the Music had this kind of MC5 energy to it, and he just tapped right into it. Man, he knew he said he said when he said he's going to call the song 1969, I was like, Oh, you're on it! You know, like you're <laughs> like, We 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 have our we're going to be great, you know, we're going to be a great band. It's just it was devastating to not have somebody of his caliber, yeah. So that took months until you know Kayla contacted me, and she's great in her own special way, you know. And I was like, Oh, we got how do we get so lucky, you know? Um, and that, you know, and that, t- and was... that's, t-
0: that took the ban in a complete, did it take the, well, outside looking in, did it take the band in a completely different direction?
1: Of course it did. Of course it did. You, you, yeah. you go from having a, you know, 40 something year old uh, Swedish, you know, artist to having a 22 year old uh, black girl, uh, you know, who's, who's like, of super phenom talent, you know, like actress and like, you know, Kayla was like, I mean, she's, you know, one day the, one it's, uh, you know, she's in a band called witch mountain and the guitar player, of Witch mountain we and I were talking to one of his shows and he, and you know, he looks at me, Rob wrong. He's great. Lefty he plays left. And but he's like, you know, man, so that girl's going to go places. I don't know if you and me are going to be there. <laughs> but she's going places you know and i, and I love that i was like I, I feel the same way like she's yeah you know, once her star catches she's off and she's running and you know yeah. with this forbidden thing happening it, you know i hope she catches i mean it'd be great if it's would dress the dead but why should she wait you know she's amazing and um, yeah yeah i got a but, lot of love for her
0: uh, well i i you know it, it's been it's been great you know watching what you've been doing and um and like i said you Know, I'd send that message to you thinking, God, I you know, I I felt bad. It's like it's been too long that you that you since you were last on the show, and then the or it's been just long enough, it might have been just
1: the perfect (laughs) amount of time to make this thing even more special because you know how much I, you know, I love you, dude. You've been seeing you succeed at doing this. It, it, you know, being a comedian and having a successful podcast, which is so hard in a, in a sea of podcasts. You
0: know, Oh, thank you. There's dude. So many.
1: I mean, I should have a podcast too. You know, I should, uh, but I just you like, should. I you look should. around. I look around and I'm like, man, that's I. You know, I do. I do my occasional interviews and I'm good. Yeah, oh, like dude. that's enough for, for now.
0: Never say never. Well, look, I've got I've got stuff to tell you, off off camera. But uh, two days ago, I spent an hour on a Zoom with a certain Mister Jason Newstead.
1: Oh, nice!
0: Yeah, yeah. Because um, it, it was for the Motorcast. Because I do the I do the, the 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 official Motorhead podcast called the Motorcast. Right. And um, uh, and J- Jason came on that. And um, oh man, yeah, very cool, very cool. So very, very I, like be, I, say,
1: I you know, man, I. You know, I mean, I know Jason sparingly over the years, but uh, when man, when my band Man made God was breaking up and I was hanging out with Eric Kretz a lot from Stuntable Pilots and we were he produced a bunch of the Man May God stuff. But uh, a mutual friend, excuse me, put put us in a situation to go jam with Jason and go sit in his room and, and do some jamming. And at oh. that stage, at that stage, he was way too. Damaged to to you know ah, really open up. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you know it was like he was asking me. I got a picture right here. You're checking out. This is the day we went. That's it. That's Eric and me and 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 Jason. Cool. Um, but you know, uh, I went there. You know, I'm like thinking this could be amazing. And like we should probably start a band together. This could be fucking incredible. Yeah. And he's just like, he goes, uh, so uh, you know any stoner rock? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, don't you want to do something different? Don't we, are we gonna jam? Or he's yeah. like, yeah, just you know, play some Soda rock stuff, you know. I'm like, you mean everything around the twelfth fret? Want me to drop tune? And you know, this I like I Kaya style, like I okay. Yeah. So me and Eric <laughs> walked out of there, like, oh man, what the hell? What was that? You know, we were sitting in the car, just like, what just happened, dude. And it was because the Metallica thing was just too much, you know. It was just yeah. too much for him, and the you know being controlled by James and Lars is, is 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 daunting on anybody, you know. But being the biggest band in the world and being controlled by James and Lars, and then quitting the biggest band in the world, and then dealing with that, I, he just was on the rebound. It was not time.
0: Uh well, mate, there was a, a great story told where um, said that um Lemmy used to call James Jim Jim Jim. Right. Yeah. Uh, and on occasion, Jimbo. And he said, like, no one calls James Jim. That's like you, you, you call yeah. him that once, and you get told that that's not acceptable. But Lemmy used to call him Jim. Of course. And that was a, a, And Lemmy knew that Lemmy was the only person who knew he could. So he just used to call him Jim or on occasion Jimbo. All the time. like Jimbo. Yeah. like Jimbo. <laughs> That's yeah. that's, a, that's a that's a decent impression, man.
1: <laughs> oh, I I I do impressions.
0: I should <laughs> I be doing do.
1: voices for. I should be doing voices for cartoons. I should have been doing that like the majority of my life.
0: Uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I, I i I'm right there with you, man. Let's get an agent.
1: Let's get an agent. Cut a reel. <laughs> yeah, you know, cut I, a, That's what cut they always a... tell you. You just cut a reel. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is always the thing. Like, okay. I don't want to get in that
0: game. It's the portfolio career, heavy metal musician, voiceover for some cartoons or some games or some wacky characters in some movies. You know, it's, it's the thing to have.
1: I can already tell this interview is going to run, but we're going to have to do this in two parts. You know, we're going to have (laughs) to do this in two parts because I've, I've, I've only got, what do I got? I got about 40, a little over 40, about 45 minutes. So let's go.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. And then
1: we can, we, we, whatever we don't pick up, we'll pick up on part two. and we definitely
0: absolutely, man, play. absolutely. So, well, you know, we're, we're going there. The whole, the whole forbidden thing came out of the blue, um, for me. Um, I'm guessing the same happened to you because you've already intimated that you were the last on board. And the thing is, as well, is like, as you were saying it, I was like, ah, oh, it started bringing back feelings for me, like 2013, bumping into Kevin, Kev saying, like, you want to play some shows in two years like, okay. uh i thought you hated the idea <laughs> fucking hell and all of a sudden a whole part of my life that was in a box locked and left just sprang open <laughs> i was like oh shit so
1: yeah that's kind of how it happens um uh, but you know there's a there was a uh, a number of doors and uh trap doors that opened up to make me kind of realize and I and I'll run through it as quickly as I can.
0: Man, you know, I've, man I've had take to I
1: well, I've had to tell the story but and I'm and I'm not so much bored with it but I'm just trying to find a way to like how can I condense it?
0: I yeah, I I, I get you. I get you. You get bored telling the same story so you want to get everything out but in a short time I'm as not possible. bored but I but you know
1: that's why I can't, you know. It's 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 just it's it's hard because the amount of emotional stuff that I had to push aside you know, first of all, mm. going into this, you know, I said no rust, no forbidden. Without rust, never, never be a forbidden. And I meant it. I meant every word of it. I never had a uh, an exit strategy or any kind of like, okay, it will if this happens. But what the the sequence of events go like this? You know, last year we finally got to play the Dynamo uh, with this Bay Area interthrational thing I've been working on since 2019. COVID had derailed it twice. I had different people on board, different singers. It's always a moving character cast. Um, the whole idea is to not have anybody that's up on stage playing their own song.
0: Yeah, love it.
1: And we can have guests from other, you know, notable bands and whatever, but they can't, you know, if you're playing Bay Area thrash stuff and you're there, you have to stand on the side of the stage and watch the other guys play your stuff. So that yeah. separates it from any. Any other version of this thing, it's, right? It's a, make concept, stretch out. Yeah, it's a great concert. Yeah, it's great concert. It was cool. Yeah, I got it. They flew me there in 2019. And I literally got it while I was standing there watching Armored Saint. Not that they had anything to do with it, but it was 30 years to the year that I was standing there playing with Armored Saint at that dynamo when I was like 19 years old. And right. so, you know, here I am, like, oh, I get it. No, this will be great. And by the way, they were great that day. I thought they were the best I'd seen them since the dynamo. 30 years ago. They were fantastic. Goosebumps. It was just really, really
0: good. Bush is amazing um, live.
1: He was, I I had a moment with him where I talked to him and I almost got teary eyed. Just saying, dude, you never cheat on a note ever. Like I never yeah. watch. You don't cheat. Like you don't, he's all, oh, he got almost teary eyed too. He's like, dang, he it was pretty deep, but anyway, yeah. so I'm, I, I get this idea and, you know, obviously it doesn't happen for two years. It's not happening. COVID completely shut it down. So in the third year, being 2022, you know, I, I figure out who I want to sing. It's going to be Caden from Hyrax and, you know, Randy from Lamb of God was down and Mark from Death Angel was down. And, um, you know, we had Will Carroll sing a song and Kayla came out and even sang uh, Over the Mountain because we would have George Corpsegrinder sing. But his bus had to peel out. And, and he so basically he was, you know, he had to make it to the English Channel in time to get back over. <laughs> so you have to be flexible. But yeah. my point is, none of our singers were local. They were all on tour.
0: They were mm. all out
1: of town. They're all, I couldn't just fly some guy in to, you know, from tour. Dude, so are you insane?
0: No are you insane? This is like, this is the added, this is like so much added pressure. Just for people listening, right? Being in a band, just having five people in the same place to play a show, that's hard enough. But to then, to then like, be bringing six, seven, eight, nine, ten people in to try. That's like insane. It was
1: crazy. It was crazy. So let me get to it. So yeah. I didn't have a singer, and I was talking to Chris Contos, who's one of the two main drummers, yeah. Mark is being the other one that plays me in Dressed Dead, and was in Forbidden. And Will Carroll was going to play, and he was out in, on tour in Europe. So uh, it was suggested, the year before, actually, it was suggested that we should do some stuff with Norman Skinner. But then came time to get do it. And, uh, you know, Chris is all dude call Norman again, let's do this. And I'm like, yeah, Norman's really good. I, you know, I've never worked with him. I don't really know his capacity, you know, but I figured he's good enough to sing the Metallica and everything, you know? Uh, so he comes to rehearsal and he's nailing Metallica, nailing Exodus, nailing death angel, nailing Testament, right? Just doing a great job. And then, I'm like and this is the part of the story I I when I try to tell it I just try to just try to imagine a guy who really doesn't want to play forbidden stuff because of the memories and the fact that Russ wasn't there but I go well I mean off the edge is getting played I guess we should hit it once while we're all here because we had all four guys you know me and Mark and Matt and Smythe and myself yeah. for megawave lineup why well, we just hit it and then we started and I go in my head I'm like wait a minute None of us are playing this. None of us are going to do this live. Yeah. Why the fuck am I even doing this? Yeah. But he started singing once he got into the vocals. And as soon as he started, I was like, immediately, I just looked at him I'm like, okay. Because he didn't sound like Russ. He sounded like a guy commanding the song and right. had the power of Russ, but he wasn't trying to sound. I was like, whoa. And then I, then the door opens and there's Kantos. He's just like, looks inside. Over. Ooh, and then Harold O pops his head over. He's all, you know, this. So the, it's like this this moment with these two faces. And then he closes the door. We finish the song, and then Chris just walks in. And he's like, that just. He's all, whew. yeah. And I go, you know, I'm like, yeah. I mean, and I, you know, Norman says that I, I paraphrase what he said, but he, he, said, he's all. I don't, I don't necessarily know if this is exactly how it, goes, it was said, but this is what I, how I remember it. Craig said, "Shut up." I just want you guys all to know it wasn't lost on me how good that sounds and it it did but that didn't convince me we went to Europe, we did our thing, we come back home got another show, it's an even crazier Howard we had over 30 musicians and played like 33, 34 songs I played on <laughs> 23 of them <laughs> we had insane. people flying in from different parts of the country like you know, every, everyone's getting together and <laughs> I got a hold of Norman and I said, Norman you did so good last time just sitting in for us. Why don't you sing some songs with us? You know, that'd be amazing. Well, like, yeah, and I want you to do Chalice of Blood. I'm going to get the guys in Warbringer to do it with you. He's like, oh, wow. You know, that's cool. So we didn't hear that until Warbringer showed up the night before the show, and we rehearsed at SIR, which is a big studio here in San Francisco. And once it's funny because the guys are all ready, and then I see Norman's kind of like, he's up on his heels a little bit. You know, he's like, you know, he kind of Bouncing around, I'm like, oh, okay, he's getting ready. Dude, they did chalice. As soon as he went into the scream, everyone's mouth went open, and then just people slowly started turning towards me. I'm like, yeah, I hear it. it." That was part two. Then he does the show, and it was incredible. And the crowd was giving me that look like, you know, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know, it was, it was these sequence of events still didn't convince me. And but I was like, it could be done. That's when I knew it could be done.
0: Ah, right. So you, so right. So you weren't, you weren't being, Mister. You weren't being, Mister. Like, don't everybody fucking tell me that he he can do it. I'm, I'm gonna be deliberately obstinate. You were, you, you were kind of in, but not quite. No,
1: I wasn't in yet. Ah, What I was, okay. I I wasn't in yet. I wasn't, and I didn't have that attitude about it either. I had an attitude more like out of deep respect for the past and the fact that Russ, you know, can't do it, I just don't see it. But a sequence of other events kind of led down to the road where the day I get a you know, I get an email from Alcatraz Festival and it and I'm paraphrasing again, but it literally was cut to this. Would you be interested in taking Anthrax's spot this year at Alcatraz for the 35th anniversary of Forbidden Evil as an exclusive one-off European show? And would you be interested in having another singer since Russ has retired? And would you also be interested in having Chris Contos play drums because it makes a great story? Wow.
0: Somebody's been doing their homework.
1: No, they weren't, dude. They weren't. And, oh, and I know the oh, guy what? He, just like you getting a hold of me, he was taking a wild stab at it. Wow. But he knows I play with Contos in the boneless ones. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, but but see, that's that's the other rub so i i literally am sitting here dude and i just i lean back and i'm like oh the universe is telling me something <laughs> okay i call my manager i'm like look dude we just got this offer for forbidden i never took it seriously but there's norman i have you know matt and steve want me to already do this they've already like kind of nudged me and say you should really do this with norman so yeah. i think we should do it but i'm not sure about the drummer yet because i don't want to push my luck with chris because we're already friends and play together and you know, so I, uh, I called him Matt. He's like, yes, immediately. He's like, he's, this is the guy, the quote was, I was waiting for you to finally realize it was time to do this. And then Steve's same thing. He had just lost his wife to cancer a few months earlier. Oh, man. And the timing for him was like, this is amazing. This is, you know, this is what Nikki would have wanted. His wife was a huge fan. Yeah. Um, I saw, so I, I I can't even tell you how much this means to me. I'm like, Oh God, that was great. And then I called Norman and Norman's like, yes. <laughs> like, I didn't even have to get a sentence. I go, Yes, I'm in. He's like, what do you want to do? You know, so then I had to figure out the drummer thing. And I, I did call Chris before I made a bunch of calls. And I said, Dude, I'm going to be doing this. And it's not going to put the boneless ones on the back burner for me because we have different worlds. So, do you, you know, is this something we should examine or should we not examine this? And um, he said, You know, you're probably right. Here's some drummer. He gave me a list of drummers and I was going to contact. All those dudes. Uh, and I did. And everybody wanted to do it. But they all live out of town. They all didn't have, you know, like the amount of time that it takes yeah. to get a forbidden set together. It takes months. Yeah, It's not weeks. Yeah. It's not days. It's months. So uh, I, I swung back around. I said, look, bro, I can pull the trigger on any one of these guys. But you're here. You're my brother. We play music together. We have great chemistry. Yeah. This will put you in a position where you're being seen in the big, big stage again. Yeah. Are you going to be resentful if you're watching me do this or are you going to be
0: with me doing it? <laughs> oh, no. Nice. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it!" You know, so we yeah. made
1: that decision and that's how the lineup came together.
0: Oh. And,
1: you know, it was it was very uh, organic and real. And, you know, I you know people are like a few people have asked me, like, well, what's up with with Mark? Well, Mark had, had actually had to quit the band and leave in 2011 because of family stuff and shit he was going through. And we had to cancel an entire tour. Our European tour was canceled a week before the tour. So even though I played with him in Dressed to Dead, he was not in Forbidden. Like, you know, they, yeah. he just wasn't. I, could, I couldn't I could put that kind of pressure on the band or, or you know, I didn't, didn't want to feel like I had to push him into something and be reliable when I know he's going to have to not be able to do something. Because that was happening for the last year he was in the band. We had to have Gene Hoagland come in and play for us for a while. It's just like it was going on. So that he just wasn't there. In my mind, it wasn't right for him to be there. Yeah. For those reasons, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, I, well, look, I, I, I spent, uh, I spent the day with, um, Chris at, uh, at Bloodstock this year. Um, and I had, had him on the podcast as well. He's, uh, yeah, he's one of my dudes and, um, it, it's, it's so cool. It's so cool that, you know, this is, this is all happening for you. I mean, I was uh, like, you know, talking to him about the boneless ones and everything. He was like, just like really excited about it and everything. And now we're playing Dynamo. Boneless ones are playing Dynamo. It's ah! going to be great. It's going to awesome. be great. So the week before
1: before we ever, I mean, we had that book for almost a year. And then, uh, you know, this this Alcatraz, dude, it was only six weeks ago that this email came. So it wasn't like it was like cooking for a long time and you know and i told him like, if and i the last thing i said is like if we do this together that's two less plane tickets that that we have to pay for <laughs> yeah and, and he's like that's he's all that's how you you tell you break into the band like that you know it, yeah. it's the truth i mean it's it, it, it's all perfect timing yeah. i mean it just really yeah.
0: is tell them how much money we're saving yeah
1: <laughs> well you know they they and they're supportive anyway they're great guys and bonus ones is, is, is such a fun project and I don't I hope to keep doing that for years I hope that there's always an avenue to go and play music that's just super carefree and you know yeah. effortless and it's got all my old influences you know my old thrash stuff and my old hardcore influences and rock and roll influences they're all tied into it you know so it's fun
0: That that that's cool as well that's cool as well when you're able to do something you know like that and incorporate those influences because you know Thrash, whilst it's fucking awesome and great fun to play and everything else, is is quite rigid. Even when you push it to its very edge, you know it, it, it is. And that's what it why is. And,
1: that, and that's why it went away the first time.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, thrash, yeah
1: exactly. It, it reached its pinnacle, and and then you know when the Seattle Sound came along, which I hesitate to call grunge, it just it made everything sound as rigid as it was.
0: but, but it there's failed, also a, yeah, it Thrash failed to innovate. It was
1: twofold because I think it did innovate to a point where it became very clinical and everyone had the same formula. Yes. Forbidden never fell into that trap. We didn't we didn't, you know, have like a ballad, an album, and didn't do yeah all the things the other bands did. Well, we didn't yeah. get a chance to. We probably would have <laughs> if we would have stayed with combat and everything would have went status quo, you know, but we were forced to inter reflect and evolve because you know, the whole industry left us behind
0: third album right here we did we did it we did do a ballad but to be fair it's um it's not it's not it's not really a ballad but uh you know i'm going to plead the fifth on the rest um
1: well I, I never did a ballad until uh the demos and then we did so dark uh which is an acoustic song and we did a thing called rest assured which is about the passing of my father and um then we ended up doing blank on green but that was like whoa yeah. whoa sorry man my oh, light so. just if my computer light goes down, then uh it's it kind of gets dark.
0: So I, I can still I
1: see. There we go. We're good. So uh yeah, so I mean, you know, I mean I'm all about uh I don't mind a great ballad, but I just didn't like yeah. the cheesy formulatic.
0: Oh no, know, no, it, I I, th- I think we've both got the exact same band and the exact same uh, ballad in mind. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, um, it is it is what it, it it was what it was. Uh, you know, we say Thrash wasn't killed by grunge or killed by death metal or killed by it. It, it, was. it turned the gun on itself. It it, it failed to maneuver. it 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 died. It blew its own face up. It became too safe. Yeah. It became too safe. Yeah. If, yeah. if
1: everyone would have came, maintained that same edge we had in 87, 88, 89, but at the time 1990 rolled around, it was just like, everyone's chasing down success because, you know, Metallica did it and then Megadeth did it. And then, yeah. So, so it, 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 down the line. So whatever. It's not really worth digressing much. But for yeah. the kids that don't understand, like, you know, for your younger generation, it's hard to even imagine, you know, a state of the world where thrash was king. And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes grunge. And it just sounded better. You know, yeah. it, it, to the collective conscious in that moment is just like, oh, OK, it's a breath of fresh air and it's back to rocking again, And that's cool, too. It's heavy, but it's rock, you know, and I think that it just the world needed that. And we did have death metal and we had Pantera and we had Slayer that was middling around up until Divine Intervention. But there wasn't like a whole bunch of the None of the old man. Forbidden might have been the only one with Testament that was stayed together through all that. We stayed yeah. together all the way up until ninety seven so yeah credit credit us for giving it the college try you know
0: (laughs) yeah i mean well everybody you know everybody went their separate ways i mean creator have even got an album that nudges uh, at industrial you know
1: oh yeah and grunge yeah not grunge i hate that word but but they definitely and to this day creators evolved a ton i mean Mm. every time i see millie i'm like dude all these epic arena rock choruses, like where the what, what moment of your life did this happen? You're like, yeah. Satan is real. There's so many great <laughs> choruses now. You know, if they're a yeah. chorus band,
0: yeah, big time, big time. And also like the like the Maiden influences is, is the Maiden influence is strong in this one. You know, it, but it, it's come to the fore it, like years down the line where you know it's kind of like they're not afraid, they're afraid to show that side. Of you know his his songwriting, give him a lot
1: of credit for doing it. But if, yeah. you, if you come in there thinking you're going to see like the old creator, it's, that doesn't really exist anymore. They yeah,
0: but and that's how you have longevity because otherwise, like you die. You know, people stopped coming to see you years ago. Um, but hey, look what's what's the schedule for Forbidden? Because I presume you are you like you know in rehearsals. You have a you know you've got the whole thing mapped out. No, we haven't
1: we haven't started the rehearsal. Everyone's doing their homework. We we were looking to kick it off this weekend. Um Oh, cool. You know, you got to do a lot of you got to do a lot of homework before you walk in the room and play that shit. So Oh yeah. Oh, I expect yeah. everyone to be, you know, get us get as close. I mean, we got 3 months basically, a little over 3 months until our first show.
0: Yeah, I was forgetting. I was forgetting you said it was only like 6 weeks ago this email landed. I mean, I honestly, I'm I don't know how you're holding it together because my head's in a spin just hearing like hearing all of this and it's yeah that that's...
1: I'm used to I'm used to juggling all of this kind of stuff you know and, and the, with the barrier of rational stress I mean I learned a lot of that for doing the Rob Flynn and Friends with Rob um, which was actually not called Rob Flynn and Friends at first we were going to call it something different we were doing a benefit for my friend Nikki who uh, whose husband passed away in a motorcycle accident. But I approached Rob about doing it, and I said, we should do it, we should do a bunch of Black Sabbath stuff, we should call it, we had a thing called Slack Babbath back in the day, you know, where we used to play that stuff when he was in yeah. violence and I was in forbidden. And uh, he's like, that's a great idea. So we pulled together to do that, but that was the first time we pulled together that many musicians to play together, and then Rob and I were the mainstays, and then everybody else was circulating in and out. So I learned how to organize large groups of people yeah. relax my brain a little bit when it gets crazy, you know, like, uh, kind of, you know, the lazy Susan in the middle of the, the table, <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. I can spin that thing around and pick out what I need to, <laughs> but it, it, there are times where it does feel overwhelming. I'm sure as we wind up into this going to Europe thing, you know, thank God I have a great team and a great manager and, um, you know, it'll, it'll all work out.
0: I was I was just going to say, it's important to have those, those, the pe- people around you to, be able to take, you know, pressure off and certain aspects of the job as well.
1: Yeah, well, my manager's is a great friend, you know, and uh, he, and he's honest and he's not in it for the money. So <laughs> all those things are very helpful.
0: Yeah, the, uh, well, I you have me at honesty, but, you know, great friend as yeah. well. That's like, yeah, that's a huge bonus. That's a huge bonus. Um, yeah, he's
1: actually, is Tim Healy is his name. And if you ever watch Murder in the Front Row, there's a bunch of interviews with him. Cause he was the young kid working at uh, at the record ball back, you know, in the day. Uh, right. The, you know, the, it, yeah, he's, he's in the movie a lot and that's Tim. And he's been like an ally and helping me through all this dress the dead to bonus ones to forbidden, like, and interthrational. He's been great the entire time.
0: Well, dude, you know, me, I've got the movie and I've got the book about 10 feet across the room as well. Uh, because, you know, the book came first and the book is the thing you want. And the movie is great, but the book is fucking epic.
1: Well, I got the book at the first signing with, with Harold and uh, Brian, <laughs> and that, there's a great some great pictures of that day. What was the funniest story about that day was my you know, Craig Bearhurst, who used to play the Ruffians, Um We were both there with, a, you know, I was there without my wife and he was there with his wife, but we both walked up at the same time and handed the books. And they and both Harold and Brian mixed up who was who. And they both like crossed over, like you know, for Pam for him and Alice for me and like our wives, and it was just hilarious. We just like <laughs> looked at it, we're like, dude, so perfect. Like, so perfect, just knowing Harold and Brian, it was like the perfect thing.
0: Well, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, funnily enough, um I um I got my book, I think God, I, I don't know if there was a UK launch or something like that, but I you know, I I just uh one of the first people to get it and um it's just yeah it's just it's like a it's like a history book of thrash metal you know the origins yeah. where it came from it's, it's absolutely incredible because it's turning into an advert
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's it's, it's, it's cool I, I feel blessed to even have a, a you know a few pictures in there forbidden at any stage and they didn't put us up there in our in our glory heyday they went for the earliest forbidden evil days and i, I thought that yeah. was cool
0: well, they speaking. Speaking of um, um, going back many, many years, occasionally um, I get tagged, or Acid Rain gets tagged in a picture of you many, many years ago, um, wearing an Acid Rain the Fear t-shirt in a shot. And I was, I was looking at, I was thinking, did I give him that shirt?
1: Yeah, you did. Isn't it me and Tim Calvert together that are in that? Yes, picture? yes. Yeah, it's a great. I almost posted it the other day for the anniversary, but it, yeah, I save it for another year. You know.
0: Yeah, um, man.
1: Yeah, no, you gave you you were front and center back in those days. You know, uh, extrovert, and so was I. So we got along real quick.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm. Remember. It. It's like. It's like. Well, you know, you seek each other out, don't you? You know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, and I, because I, I was thinking, because I was thinking. Oh, maybe you got it from the label, and I was thinking, well, hang on, we were on a different record label, and then that got me to thinking, yeah, you, I must have given him that shirt. But that was that's that's kind of like, you know, that's what we were doing back in the day, isn't it? It's like that's all we could do; we'd wear each other's shirts.
1: Yeah, we would always show up with like something under our arms, and hand the bands, you know, when they come into town, and then hopefully you get your somebody wears a shirt, and you have a picture that lives on like that.
0: Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I I was absolutely positive that it was, I, and that was um, that was you were you were touring. Um, that was when Bostoff had broken his arm, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, the first time through. Yeah, he he broke his arm while we were somewhere, in, can't remember exactly what city we uh, we were in in the UK. But yeah, he broke it out there. Oh, and the beginning of that legacy began the one arm drummer legacy oh. that, that kind of paved his way into getting in, in Slayer. You know?
0: Yes. Yeah yeah I'm I'm starting to, I'm this is start, I'm starting to piece together a story I've heard about um I think I heard this from Phil Rind on that tour about people getting thrown through windows in Bradford
1: yeah but that wasn't the Paul thing um well the story yeah the story at the time was that he heard himself loading gear but the real story, which I won't get into the particulars, where him and Russ were at each other. and Russ was like needling him, Paul turned around and punched a wall uh that uh, tur- was in a castle that had like, you yeah. know, two foot thick, uh you know, stone, um, stone walls. And yeah. he didn't know you. It, it was like it was a curtain in front of it. And he went, wow. And he. Oh. Yeah. And, and I had strapped throat that day. <clears> throat> and, and so. I was out uh, at the doctor getting antibiotics and I come back and everyone's just got long faces. I'm like, oh. Oh, and then, you know, I see Matt. So tour's over. I'm like, what do you mean tour's over? What's going on? He'll talk to Paul. So I went and found Paul and he's like, dude, dude, don't even ask. Don't even ask. Dude, you know, Paul, I said, dude, dude, don't no. He's like, I'll, I'll play. I'm like, how are you going to play? He's like, oh, we'll see you tomorrow with soundcheck, but I'm going to play. I'm going to fucking finish this thing. I'm like, so of course I had my doubts. I'm like, okay. But yeah, he you did it at Soundcheck. check. You just changed all his fills into feet. And uh he found a way to do it. And then there was just the the, the, the you know, the one arm drummer legacy was forever uh you know, started through a, a happy accident.
0: Yeah. And, I, uh, I, I I saw that I saw you on that tour and um and it fucking killed it. And everybody said the same thing. It's like if because at one point you know, you say, and like, you know, let's hear it for our drummer Paul, who's you know playing with one arm, you know, and he's holding up in his arm and a cast and all the rest of it, and every, and, and and quite a few. I mean, I knew, but a few people around us were turning around, going, uh, "Why did they tell us?" I'd never know.
1: Well, you got to <laughs> cheer for a guy who's putting the effort
0: in. I mean, yeah, oh, I, yeah, but what they yeah, were saying it, was just like, "That's amazing!" Like, like nobody knew.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was wild. It was wild. I, I honestly at the time felt like he was playing better because he was he was more focused, aligned with the groove. Like it was, we, Forbidden became a little groovier when he had one arm,
0: and, uh, and that was helpful.
1: <laughs> helpful to play too, you
0: know. Uh, you do realize that that is. You do realize that's the line that Blabbermouth chop out the interview and and, and post as a news article. <laughs> more power to him. Yeah, yeah.
1: You've, you've I, I told Paul, I told Paul that I said, Paul, you've, you've, you've taken it, you've streamlined stuff so it's like easier to play to. He's said, whatever, you know, like it wasn't <laughs> like you know, but I mean, I, you know, it was a crazy time, dude. We we pulled that out, we and we went back to the states and we and we started the Exodus tour when you had one on.
0: Yeah, you know, it's insane. It's and insane. It was, it, it,
1: con- it continued for a while. He really fucked his hand up.
0: Yeah, I mean. <sighs> Just the whole concept is well, you know. Now it would be like, yep, tour's over. You know, let's game yeah, over, man. Yeah, absolutely. Or actually, no, it would probably be get another drummer in because there's there's always somebody somewhere learning everybody's sets just in case.
1: Well, now nowadays it would definitely, uh, it would be different. I mean, but I, I I I have ultimate respect for Paul for pulling that off, I and mean, it's something you know. We oh, don't yeah. we don't get to talk about it often, but when we do, he's we'll be like, dude, dude, don't even talk about it. <laughs> it's just... Brilliant. Paul, Paul's Paul's funny, man. Do you still do you still see him? I do. Uh, whenever he's in town, or whenever you know, uh, he doesn't come around here very often anymore. He rare. I shouldn't say whenever he's in town because there's times where he comes and sees his family that nobody knows. I mean, hardly anyone of his old friends gets to see him often, but. It's cool. Whenever he came when I was Slayer, though, uh, he'd always make sure that we were taken care of, and you yeah. know, there's like a very. I'm on the good side of that because like there are certain the cliques of friends that don't get to go see Paul, you know. So right. um, it was always good to see him. But, yeah, I'm really happy for him. I mean, you know, I know he's doing the Carrie King thing, and that is going to happen. You know that people are like, when is that going to happen? Oh, yeah. I have it on good. I have it on good authority that it's actually literally happening now. So, but they're just super tight about it. So that's good.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it's like if you you know if you've learned anything from watching and listening to Slayer all these years, it's that you know how Kerry King operates. There's not going to be. There's not going to be. It's not going to be drip feed. There's not going to be like you know videos from the studio. You'll know when it's done. You'll know when you need to. Yeah.
1: Know. Yeah, he's he's very very direct, and that's the way he wants to keep it for now. So you know, so people are like, well, "Did you? Why did you ask Paul?" I'm like, "What's there to ask, dude? He's busy." You know, like yeah, Paul Paul was in the band for from 1986
0: to 1991. You know. Yeah. Right. So it's uh, just the five. And years. And that was it. You yeah. A five yeah. year
1: span. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And it might have been the beginning of '92, but it was basically that, and that was it. You know, and he hasn't been in the band since. And you know, doesn't mean we're not friends. Doesn't mean that. You know, I've. I've he almost did the reunion in 2008, when I got a hold of him in 2007, at the end of 2007. But what's funny is, as soon as, uh, as soon as I made that offer, the Testament guys uh, heard that I'd offered Paul the thing, and then they immediately swooped him up to do formation of Damnation. Right. But he got swooped up they're like, oh, well, we well we can't have that. So they just, <laughs> you know. Which is good for him too, because that worked out good for us because we had Gene Hogan at first, and that was really, really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, you know, Gene's a legend. That's that and that's that. Um so um look, I've been I I've got to get in touch with Paul somehow, because it's been like so many years since we spoke. But um I like I, I remember um you know, I remember being remember being on your bus back back in the day. And and it, like you know, he's kind of like an extrovert guy as well, from what I remember.
1: A little bit. I think he's a little more introverted, though. I, or it, you know, you got to get a few drinks in him before he he lets loose much.
0: That was the version. That was the version I met. Yeah, that was the version I met. Yeah, and I
1: don't know how much he drinks anymore, or if he <laughs> drinks anymore. I don't keep up in that. I
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: but yeah. He would say that it is what it is that's that's water under <laughs> the <a> bridge, dude <laughs> uh, what is six six was it uh, half a dozen of one or six was it it was six, what it? What it? No, it was uh a dozen of one half a dozen of another or six dozen of one I don't know what it was, but we always used to say six dozen of one seventy two of another we'd we'd always make fun of like the little phrases he did,
0: yeah, it's six of one half a dozen of the other, isn't it, yeah. 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 So
1: we'd be six thousand one, seventy two in the other. You know, we uh, we we he used to hate it because we just like riddle on his uh, his quotes. Yeah. Probably probably drove probably made his decision easier to join Slayer. He's like, I don't have to listen to that shit anymore.
0: <laughs> Good. Yeah, but that's what drummers are for. Drummers have always got some kind of some kind of quirk or some like odd thing, you know. And people think it's a cliche. Sure. I'm like, look, just look at the Muppets for fuck's sake. It's not subtle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, you know, that kind of leads into, you know, like just, I've been so lucky, Howard, to play with so many great drummers, you know, starting with Paul to Steve Jacobs, who was just as good. But people, again, they didn't care. Like, yeah, whoever, he's, a, he's yeah. not in Slayer. You know, they, yeah, yeah. Steve yeah. was incredible and he damaged his shoulder over the years, so he didn't even play anymore. And, uh, but you know, from him, and then, uh, you know, I, I, then Eric Kretz from Stone Temple Pilots came and played in, in Man, May God for a minute after Steve got hurt. And then I got, a, I was lucky enough to play with Gene Hoagland when Forbidden reformed, Chris Contos when Spiral Arms was rolling, you know, Andy Ho or Andy, Andy Hoagland, Andy Galleon. You know, uh, which is Sasha Horn to go. Which is Mark amazing, Hernandez, Sasha Horn. They're, wow, yeah, and he's great too. The, the, you know, all the way to Chris Contos again in this band. Yeah, uh, you know, all these guys. You know, and Mark Hernandez was was great. His time in Forbidden, he was excellent, and, and with Dressed to Dead too. So, I've been lucky. I've been very lucky,
0: dude. That's that is a list of drummers that really is.
1: Yeah, I've been very fortunate. You know, and, and you know, people say you're lucky to, and I, that is true. But I also offer a drum or something, a challenge. You know, <laughs> to, to play to, play to things that that make them stretch out. So it, it's it's copacetic.
0: Yeah, and also, you, you know, I, I, you're lucky, or do you make your own luck? I, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of making your own luck as well. There's things don't, things yeah, don't just sure. fall into your lap.
1: Some things do, some things don't. Some songs get written overnight, some songs take a fucking year, you know it's, it's just there's no direct any not to get too philosophical about it, but there's really no hundred percent of anything. yeah you know, it's uh it's it's different different stories for different situations. and the most successful people are the people that are happy with whatever they're doing, you know yeah. and it's not how you measure your, your success, if it's all financial, then I, i'm I'm not successful. But if it's the amount of work and uh, great music I've created with some incredible people, I'm wildly successful. I'll take take door number two on that. And the reason why I'm not jaded is because I do that. I don't feel as torn down by the business or anything as as some of my peers that have been. And most of my peers are paralyzed to to branch out and try different things. You know, they're, they 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 like, no, it's got to be. I got to do what people know me for, and I'm and I've kind of stretched out beyond all that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, you know, it, what were we saying about creator? You know, if yeah. that it, you it, got it, credit it, it's, for them. Yeah, it, it, it's it's that that's the only way you can survive, like evolve or die. You know, or be trapped. Adapt in, or die. That was yeah. the last
1: forbidden record. That was the <laughs> first song I wrote. The first song I wrote for Omega Wave.
0: Oh, dude, you're on it. You can tell this is the last interview of the day. <laughs> you, 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 you like perfected this shit now.
1: Well, no, that's not why. But <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've always been good at like uh, off the cuff. That's why, that's why I knew this was going to be good. I just knew the talking to you was going to be fun. Oh, good.
0: Oh, man. I, look, I've had so much fun. I know, I know you, I know you've got a rush. Um, what I'd like to do is do, um, is do part two after the show
1: you want to do it in a few months that's fine
0: yeah let's do part yeah. two after the show because then we can do this that, and then we will have like two amazing parts does that sound cool yeah
1: it makes a lot of sense to me i mean this is cool what i i like i, I just gotta say chopping it up with you is great Or what i like is how it didn't talk about all the same stuff um i appreciate that And I I would have talked about that happily, you know, but I think there's a lot of history there that people see that obviously we have uh, that, you know, it's kind of tangible.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it's like, um, uh, I, I actually, the the podcast that comes out I'm releasing tomorrow is an interview with Knox from um, Enforced. Um, and, and And I, I know him really, really well. And they've got a new album out which we spend at least five minutes talking about. You know? uh, yeah, <laughs> And and if you want to, you know, if you want that podcast, if you want that, what album, you know, why, why that producer, what's this song about? There's loads of them out there. I just prefer to just like have a chat.
1: Yeah. Talk to the, yeah. The person.
0: Yeah, exactly. Not the commodity. Because...
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. I
0: hear you. Yeah, and, yeah. And,
1: I, and I thought it was great. So oh, I appreciate okay. it. And, uh, Pleasure, and I look man. forward to talking to you. I guess it'll be August.
0: Something like that. Yeah. Well get, look, if you want to check yeah, if you yeah. want to catch up before then, get in touch. But otherwise, we'll definitely finish this after the show.
1: I think I think you're right. I think I think keeping it the way it was is great. And
0: uh yeah. and and you know, I'll
1: be back like the, the end of August. Um and we can do it then or early September. And I think that's a perfect time. Because, like it it'll be nice to actually have a retrospect about all this crazy shit that happened.
0: I can't wait to hear about it, man. I wish you the best of luck. Not that you need it, because you'll smash it, because you know what you're fucking doing.
1: Well, you would hope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, <laughs> you fucking would, hope. wouldn't you?
1: <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go get ready for my haircut. I got a
0: haircut today. <laughs>
1: haircut, haircut. Gonna... Enjoy your haircut, sir. I'm kind of about four inches off, because it grows back. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not growing everywhere. You know, I'm gonna eventually I'm gonna have to shave it all off myself. But if, with my hair, because I always have the part in the middle. If it gets too heavy, then my part you know goes too wide. So I gotta like cut cut back some weight.
0: You know? <laughs> oh man, you're breaking my heart here. You're breaking yeah, right. my heart. I, know. I understand. What
1: a dick. What a dick. No. All right, man. You take care of yourself,
0: Howard. Yeah, you too, man. Take care.
1: Good talking to you, man.
0: Pleasure. We need to eat it more often. Take care. Bye bye. We will. And you heard it right there, part two. Part two after said show is played. And boy, did we go all around the houses there. And in a, in a totally fucking awesome way. Love talking to Craig. And like I said, can't do enough of it, really. We should do more of it. And as Craig said, we will. That was honestly so much fun to do. And if, if, I, hadn't just, if I hadn't like rushed home after a show to do that, And if he hadn't had to go out for a haircut, I'm sure we'd have been on there for about another two or three hours. Just fucking ridiculous. It was just so much fun. Really good to catch up with Craig. I hope you've all enjoyed listening to that. And as we talk about there, hopefully that is a a really good example of what you, you know, tune in (laughs) for from this podcast, which is, uh, you know, interviews. That you may see people are doing the rounds, doing interviews, but you're going to get one from me that you're not going to get with anyone else. I hope. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'll be the first to admit that. But I think this is a really good um, example of that. Anywho, anywho, all that remains is for me to thank you for listening. Yeah, simple as that. Really do appreciate it. If you want to get involved in the Patreon stuff, then do. I don't think you'll regret it. No one seems to. But there you go. It's your choice. Um... I hope you've enjoyed listening. Please do support the podcast, support, you know, in, in any way you can. If that's just telling people to subscribe, it's sharing episodes, whatever it is, then that's cool. And if you want the really, really cool stuff, the stuff that's all hidden behind a paywall, some of it with which honestly, yeah, it's very, very cool. Then you know where to go patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. It really has. Thank you very much all for listening and all for taking part and all for doing their bit because you are part, you're kind of part of the show. Well, every audience is part of the show, whether you're like live or not, you're part of the show because without you, there's no show. I'm not here doing this. So you are part of it, whether you like it or not, whether you're driving a fucking bin lorry down a hill or... Whether you're driving a milk float, whether you're on a skateboard, whether you're driving a bus, a train, a plane, whether you're cycling up a hill, whether you're hitching a lift, be careful. If you're, no matter what you're doing, rambling in the hillsides, nobody around for miles around, yeah, whatever you're doing, yeah, pick your moment and just shout bollocks. Yeah, bollocks! Like that, just fucking bollocks! Any fucking way you want, any way you want for any reason at all. And what would be really cool, Honestly, this is classic talking bollocks, making this shit up as I go along. If you can send me your best recordings of you guys shouting bollocks, um, send it as any format, I'll convert it. Don't worry, get it to me and I will play your bollocks on the show. Can't say fairer than that, can I? (laughs) So go on, get on with it and I'll speak to you next month.